Spion Tape Podcast, your home for 8-bit and 16-bit vintage micro love. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron, and this is episode 24.5.5, you say? Well, if Reset Magazine can have a 0.5 issue, we can have a 0.5 episode. This time, we're having a bit of a special developer diary style chat. We've got Jay Aldred, who's the developer behind the upcoming Commodore 64 shooter, Galencia. Jay has a bit of a talk to us about the whole process, his influences in history, and a whole lot of other things around the project. So, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the chat. We're joined today by uh, Jay Aldred, who's graciously donated a bit of his time to come and have a chat about a new Commodore 64 shooter he's working on by the name of Glencia. So, welcome, Jay. Hi, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> thanks yeah, for having yeah. me. Yeah, no, yeah, it's on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's always good to have a chat with her and so it's joined by yeah, so obviously myself, Aaron, I've got um, Tony with me and Damien. Good morning. Yep. Hello good morning. guys, good morning to you all. Hello. Good morning. And this is and this is the obligatory. It's well it's just past seven AM here and um yeah, it's uh, it's not too bad. It's certainly not, not too bad a morning at all. But, um well we might as well dive straight into it. So Joe, I mean look yeah, given that we, you know, the game you're working on is very much a, a Commodore 64 you know, new title there. But do you want to tell us, I suppose, Absolutely. what's 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 your background around? Like, you know, what tell us a bit about yourself. Like, you've always been a Commodore 64 fan. Um, well, it started off a very long time ago when I was um, in my teenage years, um, like lots of kids in the 80s. You know, I got the Commodore 64 for Christmas. I think it was 86, if I remember right. And um, I was just absolutely fascinated by it. You know that you could uh, you could write this thing called machine code, and you know make the machine bend the machine to your will. Best, you know, get it. Yep. Really interested in that, and uh, I ordered myself a, a cartridge, which was a, a forerunner to the uh, action replay cartridge. It was something called an expert's cartridge by a company called Trilogic. Um, okay. Very early machine code monitor. It was like a fixed cartridge, and then you'd plug a, an external module into the back of it, depending if you wanted the monitor or a sprite editor, etc., that kind of thing. And um, just, have you not, not familiar with that one? No, I haven't heard of that one. That one sounds quite, uh, that'd be very handy. Yeah. I, I, yeah, have actually, I have actually got that cartridge in my collection, but I've actually really paid no attention to what it's used for, so it's good to know <laughs> right. that. <laughs> yeah, it was my one of my very first steps into it, really. You know, press the button, have a look at the code, and just be more confused than you, you could imagine, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that, that went on for a little while, and, you know, just experimenting with uh, changing a few values, understanding the hardware registers and that kind of thing. And eventually, you know, that um, evolved into, into writing simple games and, um, you know, Starts off with the very basic stuff and uh, moved on, and eventually we got a little uh, static screen shoot 'em up together, something called Alpha Runner. Um, now that game was going to be published by a UK budget label called The Powerhouse. Um, unfortunately, they went bust before it actually did uh, make publishing. It got a bit of coverage in some magazines, but it didn't actually get published. And uh, I think that little game's uh. lost forever now. You know. <laughs> 
I've no oh, idea no. where that is. Yeah, gone, gone forever. It is on. Uh, it's on a few of the, um, you know, the games that weren't and that kind of sites. It features on them, but nobody's yep. come forth with a with any kind of copy of it. So, unfortunately, oh. that that one's gone. And um, I was uh, I was writing the game with a. Uh, a guy who was a couple of years older than me. I was about 16 at this time. This guy was about 18. Stephen Green, a good friend of mine at the time. And um, basically, I'd done my school exams and I was on a family holiday just waiting for my exam results to come through a couple of months later. And um, Stephen actually went to um, an advertised job at um, a place called Mr. Micro. Um, I'm not whether you guys have heard of them, a UK developer. No, no, it's it's. I've read about them in in an, an older retro gamer, actually. I think. Yeah, they're probably most well known for the uh, Amiga and ST version of Elite. They did those sixteen-bit conversions. Yep. Uh, pretty much a conversions house, you know. They've done a, quite a lot of big titles like Saberwolf, Aliens, you know, game games like that in the earlier days. And uh, basically, through my friend going for this job, I ended up with the job. Um, I, I went down there. He asked me to go in for an interview, and uh, I got a job down there. So I was working at Mr. Micro, uh, which was an absolute dream as a you know 16-year-old boy who all he wanted to do was write computer games, you know? So. Wow. Yeah. It, it, it was uh, pr- pretty incredible. So I, I was down there and um, doing a lot of background work at first, just like map compression, sprite compression, and um, just like uh, writing down all the secrets in various arcade games we were working on all the time. Games like Pac-Land, for instance, that one springs to mind. That's one of the early ones I was involved with but didn't actually program. Um, so I was in there and just finding my feet a little bit, really. You know, I'd never seen... Um, a proper uh, assembly, you know, I was used to writing the code um, with a cartridge hanging the, out of the back of the 64, you know, so it was a whole yeah. new world for me again once I went down there. Um, but yeah, I was, I was with those guys for a few years. Um, I worked on um, Menace, which was the um, oh, wow. Signosis Mop, you know, Cyclops it came, came out on, you know, the uh, yep. Signosis budget label. Mm. Um, I worked on that with um, a, a senior programmer, my mentor, if you like, um, who'd been there for a lot longer than me, a, a guy called Greg Duddle. Um, now, Greg was pretty much the, the veteran, you know, he was there from the very early Vic 20 days and uh, onwards. And um, after leaving Mr. Micro, he actually went on to work for Signosis, and um, he was the producer who brought us Lemmings on the 64, amongst other titles. You know, so it was uh, it was really good to be working with these guys. You know, very inspirational. For sure. um, yeah, it was, you know, some... it's, it's, yeah. it's you know, great great environment, really. You know, and uh, Rob Nicholson, who was a technical manager down there at Mister Micro, he was the guy who coded Elite. Thing, you know, it was, I was just just in awe, really, of these uh, these amazing programmers around me. You know, it was a fantastic environment. Um, so I was with them for a little while. I did uh, did quite a few games with them. Sporting Triangles, which wasn't my finest hour, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, you know, a, a, a quiz-based game, but it, it was technically it was quite good. What was happening behind the scenes? We were using um, a compression technique called Huffman encoding, which basically broke all the questions down into as few bits as possible. It was quite clever what how it works, but the game wasn't very impressive, really. To be to be fair. 
trivia trivia games are not all uh, ex- ex- exactly you know that's the kind of place it was on mr micro you know if we didn't have anything big we'd take on all the projects to make sure everyone kept the jobs you know it was yeah, like yeah, that so so you know, you, exactly you know so i was, I was grateful in that way some of the titles for them were like real Ghostbusters on the 64, again, working with Greg. Um, treble, treble Champions, which was uh, like a football manager kind of game on the, um, did the Amiga and SC version, right? Um, and the last title I worked on for um, Handmade Software, which is what Mr. Micro turned into after some financial difficulties, was uh, a game called awesome golf on the atari Lynx, basically um i worked on that for a little while and um again they ran into some financial difficulties again and uh, you know it was just time for me to move on after that really i was um i was having difficulty myself because we weren't getting paid on time basically so it was unfortunate and um you know we put all our eggs in one basket with atari hoping that the atari Lynx, you know was going to be this uh, great runaway success and then technically it was it's a lovely machine you know it was really advanced for its time but it just you know a, a handheld or a console sounds on the strength of its, its software and it didn't have a great selection of software unfortunately um so you know it's a difficult times so that's where i cut my teeth really you know um mr micro and uh after that I, I went on working for a few various other software houses in the next few years um New Wave Software, which I doubt you would have heard of. We we worked on a game called Realms of Darkness for uh, Grand Slam Entertainment. Um, quite an ambitious role-playing game with a, a mutating 3D environment. Um, but then Grand Slam went to the wall, so that didn't mm. see the light of day. And um, after that, just a couple more. I moved. I moved uh, from Lancashire, which is where I'm, where I live or where I was where I'm from. I moved over to uh, Yorkshire, the next county along, on the east coast. And um, I worked on uh, Dalek Attack there and uh, an, another um, movie tie in something called Suburban Commando, Hulk Hogan kind of game. Oh. You know? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. That was that was not a good movie. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't a good game either, to be fair. <laughs> Very much rushed out of the door. <laughs> what? So that, that's what? about it, really. You know, a few other little projects here and there, but that that's the bulk of the commercial stuff, you know. And the, the most recent of that was, um, I think it was 93, which was the last one with Suburban Commando. So that's some 24 years ago, I believe. Okay. And uh, then I've been, been in, you know, totally fields in the industry. And uh, just had a little bit of time on my hands recently, and uh, I just got curious about the 64 scene. I think I was watching a few 64 demos on YouTube, you know, and uh, realized that it's still an active scene there. Had a quick look on Lemon, joined the forums, and uh, picked up the development tools. And, um, you know, it all pretty much came flooding back, you know, all that knowledge is baked in there, and, and there it was. So, Glenn C was born. That's a you know, very, very concise. So it sounds like you've one of those ones here been around the, the back, you know, the sort of the, the scenes on a few of the the publishers. I mean, there was and there was a lot of them during that time, wasn't there? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. There, there was software houses all over the place. I mean, Manchester, um, which was my local largest city, I live about ten miles away from there. It was an absolute hotbed. You know, we had uh, we had Ocean Software down there, Rev Route Software, uh, Software Creations. You know. 
they, they were all right there in the city centre. And then just a few miles away in Liverpool, we had all the Signosis stuff going on, you know. Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty much, you know, there was a lot of development during that period. Ah, you know, it was definitely the, uh, the, the golden year of all of that. It's uh, many fond memories. But, um, so I suppose coming back before we, we get on to Valencia with that, I mean, what, so you sort of mentioned like you, you sort of got yourself the um, assembly cartridge and stuff way back, like way back when, sure. like, but was, yeah. what, what actually made you like pick up and actually decide, hey, I, I want to dabble with the code and see what's under the hood. Like, was well, it a, I was just fasc yeah. fascinated by it really, you know, I was just looking at this, um, you know, uh, ready prompt on the Commodore 64 screen, you know, on the flashing cursor. Okay, what next? And then explored a little bit with the basic, found out, you know, you can't do very much with it, really, with a game kind of quality, commercial game quality. Yeah. And wanted to know, well, why is that? Then how do you do it? You know, and, uh, you know, after a little bit of digging and um, experimenting with various things, you know, I found out that, you need to learn machine code, really. Okay, well, you know, this is a machine code cartridge. That's what it says. Let's have a look at it. And it was just yeah. pretty much, you know, a natural progression, really. Oh, nice. Okay. It's a, yeah, see, I think I looked at basic and I know personally it's, I, I stopped, I stopped at um, the print command and that was about as far as I ever got. <laughs> pretty, pretty much same here as well. I, I was fascinated and wanted to try and get, something out of the Commodore 64 so I read through all the books and typed in all the listings and that but it just never clicked for me so I don't think I was ever destined to be a programmer um, but that was a fascinating story Jay I really enjoyed um, hearing the um, the history and background there um, so with the development of Galencia is it all done on 64 or do you use some tools on PC and, and port it over I don't actually own any uh, Commodore hardware at all at the moment. I think I've got an Amiga 600 tucked away somewhere, so it's yep. all done exclusively on the on the PC. All right. Um, yeah. Do you use any particular tools? Any yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, prob probably not the best selection um, because I was quite new to it. And um, to be fair, it's an integrated development environment. It's called um, CBM. PRG Studio. Um, it's quite it's quite nice. It, it contains everything that you think you might need. It's got the editor, which can open up multiple files. It's got an integrated sprite editor, integrated screen editor, etc., etc. Um, but it's quite limited with the um, actual assembly directives. For instance, um, if you want to. I'm not sure whether this might go over your heads, but if you want to put a value into the accumulate accumulator, um, you're limited to two to sorry one mathematical operation on there. So if you say load A with title screen X plus 100, that's it. You then can't have any other mathematical operations on there. So usually, you you might have various things. You know, you might have 20 different um, variables or constants, not variables, that, that you factor into a calculation and you can't do it with it. It's a little bit limited, although it's quite nice for, for a, a newbie. So, you know, it does hold your hand a little bit, but once you start once getting a little bit more advanced um, and uh, your program's evolving, it kind of runs out of steam a little bit. That's what I found and um, maybe not the, the best one to recommend, but that's what I'm using and that's what I'll complete the project with. I don't want to migrate to another environment, really. 
Um, so I use it for um, just all the code editing. I don't actually use it for any graphical work. And um, all the sprites are done with a utility called SpritePad. And um, all the fonts and maps are done with Charpad, which is by the same developer. Forgive me, I don't know his name offhand. Um, but they're, they're excellent, and I think they're pretty much standard now. Everybody seems to use those, so they're, they're really well put together and well designed. Um, so those are the two, the three utilities that I mainly use, and um, all the audio is being done with Goat Tracker, which is, uh, again, pretty much the, you know one of the uh, more popular standards, if you like, in today's developments. Um, it runs on PC and uh, outputs the 64 chord or outputs a SID file, which you can play back in a SID play utility, etc. Um, quite flexible, you know, you can do all your sound effects in there as well. And uh, from single channel music all the way through to uh, using all three channels of the SID. Uh, it'll do fancy things as well, let you play back in double time so you can have a, a different range of effects, etc. But that uses twice as much rest of the time per frame. So, uh, yeah, we've got all those down there. And um, also, I use um, Exomizer, which is a file compression program, which is, again, absolutely superb, Re really impressive results and pretty quick to run on the 64 when you're doing the decompaction. So, I think that's pretty much it, really. You know, that's uh, the, the main ones that I use. Yeah, I use um, sort of a similar set for um, the NES stuff. I use a thing called Nessie Side. I went through several uh, assemblers until I found that one. And yeah. for um, Z80 programming, I normally use something like Sublime Editor. Um, yeah, very nice editor. I've used that for other projects. Yeah, it is super. Yeah, the highlighting is very nice, and and um, and um, the uh, assembler uses TSM, so uh, which is a pretty good Z80 one with quite you know some minor macro support and stuff like that. So. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I like doing. I like having um, quite a lot of nested macros and um, various conditional uh, assembly situations, etc. And, um, you know, the environment I'm using at the moment does support them, but only usually nested to a single single level, so you can't get too complex with it, really. And as, you, as your program's evolving, you know, you, the way that I work anyway, I tend to want that kind of support. So I'm kind of working around it at the minute, taking the long way around because I don't, just don't want to migrate the entire projects because I know that a lot of the uh, the directives and the way that this one works, that they're pretty much non-standard. So I know it'd be a reasonable amount of work yeah. to do it. I'm just trying to you limp along to the end of the projects. Yeah, you don't overuse using them or you'll be stuck here. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get there with it. <laughs> Good one. So back onto talking specifically with Galencia. Um, I've sure. fired it up and had a go. And it's, I really like the, it just feels so smooth and the sprites move around, around so well. I was actually really impressed that if that, actually had come out back in the day I probably would have my jaw would have hit the floor um, but it, it appears to be a mashup of a few um, influences some obvious but do you want to talk through yeah. the influences for the game yeah sure well obviously you know this it's mainly uh, Gallagher inspired you know um, and what I'm trying to do is I don't want to attempt to do a one-to-one -one port of Gallagher. You know, if you want to play Gallagher, you just fire up MAME, really. So I'm trying to 
yeah. a, a 64 centric version or centered version you know of Gallagher really but just putting in some of my uh, other influences and trying to play to the 64's hardware at all times you know I'm trying to max out what I can do with the 64 uh, what I call a, a space and stars shoot them up you know there's no scrolling background there you've just got the space and the stars old school style like like Gallagher and like Galaxian etc um, so there are, there are various other influences in there but a lot of it is context sensitive you know I'll look at what's happening here how many sprites can I have on you know um, you might notice for instance like what I'd love to do is have the sprites glide off the bottom of the screen and back into formation because you can really cheat with the code you can imagine the sprite mm -hmm. goes off the so what you can do while it's off screen at the bottom you can align it perfectly to fall into formation as it comes on from the top makes your code very yeah. clean very easy but I can't do that, unfortunately, because I've got the sprites in the border down there. So um, what would happen is the sprite would just vanish at the bottom and then just reappear again at the top of the screen, which, you know, is not going to look very good, to be honest. So all sprites in the game, they always appear from either the left or right border where they can glide on without suddenly appearing. Um, it does complicate the code a little bit because I've got to keep track of exactly where every sprite is and how many circles it's done, where we are at the moment, and, and how we can get back into formation. But um, that's working pretty well at the moment. And a lot of decisions revolve around things like that, the technical limitations um, you know, of the 64, and um, trying to keep the pace up as well of the game. I don't want any dormant sections in there it's a shoot them up and i want you know as soon as you've, you've you know got rid of one attacking enemy you've got another two queued up coming at you straight away like that so very much high octane and, um I've it keeps in... the it keeps the uh, adrenaline going so absolutely that, that's what i'm going for with it really trying to get that gallagher feel you know which gallagher does you know amazingly well it's such it's such a well-crafted game you know it really is um, so that, that, that's pretty much where it is. It, it is, you know, a, a version of Gallagher, but again, playing to the 64 strengths and weaknesses as well, you know, got to be aware of how many sprites are on the line and how much raster time I've got and where the raster splits are and all these different kind of technical considerations. And, you know, I'm reasonably happy with the results, you know, it doesn't flicker too much and, you know, the frame rate's constant 50 frames a second on PAL. Um, so, you know, I'm quite happy with it from a technical, you know, perspective. And it actually is when you compare, I know that that was, I think, what blew me away. The first time it popped up on one of the Facebook groups that linked again, hey, go go check this out. And it was it was just how quick this, this game is, um, especially when you, if you've played, you know, some of the other, well, the actual Galaxian ports or um, some of the other shooters like that that have come across to the, the 64 where they, they, they weren't so great. They, yeah, yeah try, a lot like of them were quite early, weren't they? You know. Yeah, they tried to do the one-to-one -one conversion, and it just yeah struggled. <laughs> I think I think probably the most technically impressive one that's that's currently out there at the moment is probably Gapless, you know, which was done by yes. Ash, Ash and Dave. And, uh, technically, it's, it's a very nice game, and you know they do um, a lot of conversion between sprites and character graphics to make sure there's a lot of objects on there 
Um, but if you if you look at the game, you know, you can see that they're obviously characters when all the ships are back in formation, you know, they're all moving exactly the same spacing, etc. You know, that that's something that I didn't want. You know, I wanted to show that they were all hardware sprites and do the, the breathing motion, you know, when they're when they're all sat yep. in formation. And that and it of... does. And it does look good. That Thank sort you. of yeah, you know. Yeah, that, that gives a game all those little nuances with a game. Give it, give them, give it life. Um, you know, there's extra bits of animation and um, and things like that. It makes it more like an arcade game than um, you know than a game with just straight gameplay. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you know, obviously, I've been a massive arcade fan. You know, it's my generation, if you like. You know, the arcade generation. I'm 45. You know, so I, I was there from, you know, probably the Space Invaders onwards, really. And that, that was my childhood. You know, I absolutely loved them. So it's ingrained into me that kind of design philosophy, if you like. And I've always really wanted to do uh, a, a good version of it on a classic platform. And it, it was tough when I was thinking about what game to write on the 64. Everything's been done so well on the 64, but there wasn't really a good version of Gallagher, I didn't think, and I didn't want to do the straight conversion, you know, so so that's where it came from, really. Okay, so I, mean, I suppose you mentioned, like, you know, the influence. I think, actually, look, to be honest, we're all, I think we're all the same, actually. Is, uh, I mean, Damien's a, a fairly big arcade head, as well as Tony. Tony is, does like his shooters, don't you? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, I mean... Were there any any ones like um, that were were your favourites or some of your like the, again like I said the inspirations other than Gallagher or Galaga <laughs> however you want to Gallagher Galaga yeah and yeah. probably you know, just just any of the, um, the the fixed screen you know vertical shooters you know from Space Invaders Galaxian Gallagher Mooncrester etc you know basically all the the not the very first generation, but probably the first colour games that were coming in, mm-hmm. that kind of era, you know, probably 81 through to about 83. Uh, uh, I mean, aspects from Mooncrester, which um, I haven't shown yet because it's not completed, is the um, is the docking sequence. Do you remember that in Mooncrester at all? I do. Oh, yes, yes. used to be the bane ha- of my playing of that game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fetching a version of that, which is going to be hopefully a, a little more playable and more accessible. But just to break the gameplay up a little bit, you know, I'm going to have two of those throughout the 50 levels in Galencia. Um, and you're not going to pay a penalty if you don't do it, but you stand to win perhaps an extra life, you know, if you if you can complete that. And uh, it wants to give you fit, trigger finger a little rest, really, you know, because it's, it's <laughs> it does help. levels, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so, so that that will be a direct influence from that game. Um, but to be fair, Mooncrester, I played it again recently, and it's it's a little bit too random for me. You know, it's very hard yes. to predict. Yeah. Oh, well, it's it's all luck, really, whether you're going to do well on that game. Um, but little aspects like that, you know, from various other games that I've pieced together and put in that. Yeah. So you mentioned things like boss battles and stuff that you're hoping to get in there at some point. Sure, yeah. Well, basically, all the graphics that have been shown so far are, are graphics that I've created, what I call programmer graphics, you know, they're, they're functional in my opinion. Um, so what I've managed to do is um, I looked through the Lemon 64 forums and I was having a look for sort of for an artist, really. And, uh, I picked a guy out and um, it's called Sol C, 
Saul C. And um, he's uh, an amazing artist on there. So I emailed him, just let him know about the project. He was familiar with it already and just asked him, you know, would he be willing to touch up the graphics, draw a few more for me? So he's jumped in, he's on board. And uh, I've had the first preview of graphics from him. And uh, my boss graphics, which were pretty terrible, to be honest, is worth, <laughs> you know. Ah, awesome incredible now so i'm really happy to have him on board um so he's he's beavering away and working on the graphics for me it's being done and uh of course we've got highway guy who's um who's doing all the music and sound effects uh, particularly impressed by the the single channel sid tunes that he's done the the actual music that you hear in game um Rather than using the three channels, what we do in Glencia, we keep uh, just one channel for the in-game music, and that's what you're hearing there. And he's done an incredible job with it, really has. A um, few guys have commented, you know, um, in the development thread, saying that it sets a new back for yeah. which it's, is quite nice it to is hear. Cra- it, is, it is a cracking tune. Mm. It has been stuck in my head on and off for every time I think I end up looking at stuff for it. It's just like, oh, I can... I can hear the game. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but that's no, good. He's, ah, no, it, it is really, actually has been really, really good to sort of follow you along as well because it's you know, yeah. like the whole dev diary thing, I think, back in the Zap days where you'd get you know, Walker's Way and um, the Llama. The famous Uridium have, one as well, yeah. That's it, yeah. And you'd follow them through like and yeah, this exact sort of stuff when they'd talk about yeah, the, the techniques or the things or what they've decided to do with that and why this does this and yeah it's it fascinating sure and that's what i've tried to do as well like there's a there's a few budding up-and-coming programmers you know in and around the thread and um, they've been directly asking about specific things you know like particularly like starfield for example you know they wanted mm-hmm. to know how it was done technically so I wrote a couple of pages up for them, you know, a description of how, how it works exactly, and then I posted the entire source code up there as well for them, you know, so they can have a play around with it, their own code, which hopefully might might inspire them a little bit and help them a longer touch, you know. Yeah, that's work. fantastic. That's always very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to trying to do that really, you know, it's a it's a great community. It's a small community as well, and I think that. You know, there's no need to be secretive about these things. You know, they're not million-dollar secrets anymore. No. So, no. <laughs> I try and hopefully if I can help somebody along, it's, it's a job well done as far as I'm concerned. Just quickly getting back to, to, to the musician, to Highway Guy. Yeah. I just want to let, let you guys know that um, I was struggling a little bit getting sound effects out of him, and I was thinking, oh, no, he's got bored. He's moved on to another project. You know, I've been asking him for a few weeks. Just, just you know, it's it's a fan project. We're not going to make any money out of this, so I don't want to apply too much pressure to him. But, you know, I haven't really gotten anything out of him for a few weeks. And then I've just recently found out the reason for that. He's actually 16 years old, and he's taking his exams right now. Oh wow! Wait, wait, what? Oh. He's hang on. What the the your pro your the music guy is he's 16. Yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> oh, mine is. Yeah, you know, he's, when he's hearing con- comments like, you know, this is setting a new bar for a, a single channel situ, you know, he's over the moon with that, you know, being 16. So. Oh, well, it sounds, sounds like we have a new up-and-coming prodigy by the sounds of it. That's yeah, awesome. I think I think so. Very talented. He works on a lot of the old platforms, you know, NES, SNES, etc. You know, he's got a got his own YouTube channel, Highway Guy YouTube channel, and uh, a lot of his creations are on there. You know, very talented guy. Very lucky. To have. 
I'll have to kind of grab that link and throw it in, throw it in the show notes when I put this up, actually, and check it out. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely check it, check out more of his work. Wow, that's that is that is really impressive, actually. It's uh, man, it's, uh, you know, most of the time it's yeah, the, the grizzled old grumpy guys and stuff. Yeah, they've been around it for. Yeah, of course, you know, somebody similar to myself, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, actually, you go back like with so with Glenn's here, like how how far along do you actually think you are? Like, is it 70 percent? W- like you. All, all, all the core routines, um, everything, the, the, the kernel of the game, if you like, is complete. You know, all the collision detection, all the, the level code, you know, everything like that. There's, out of my to-do list, I've probably got about seven or eight items out of about 90 items to do. Mm-hmm. So I would guess I'm probably about, I'd say, 75% through. So, but what Brilliant. Is... Um, I could push it out now, you know. I could, I could say, right, that's it, and uh, tie a few loose ends up and call it. Complete. But yep. what I'm trying to do is, is create the best game that we possibly can. You, you know, yep. from probably going to spend um, a few extra weeks at the end, just rigorously play testing it, tweaking it, getting new people to play it. You know, that kind of thing. Getting yep. fresh, fresh faces, if you like, to have a go on it. See, see how they, they work out with it. Um, got a few more things that I haven't announced yet. You know, that I, don't, I shouldn't really say anything, but there's a few, a few features that, that, you know, that nobody knows about that I'm going to put in there. And again, you know, I'm going to need to test them thoroughly. So I would say estimated launch in something like six to eight weeks. That's oh, wow. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is a question. How much time um, do you get to spend on your homebrew projects? Um, a lot of my spare time, to be honest with you. You know, probably spending uh, weekdays, something like five hours a, a day. Weekends, probably maybe ten hours a day. So it's pretty much all the time. You know, just trying to refine it and uh, and improve it. You know, all the time. Uh, it's especially burdensome and quite a lot of work when you're doing all the code and all the graphics as well you know yes it is yeah it's, it's a lot of things like i'm <laughs> um sadly editing um tile layouts for sydney hunter and the cabins of death while we're doing this <laughs> <laughs> multitasking tony yes well done <laughs> good to hear good man <laughs> good use of time oh yeah um yeah so so joe i mean look i suppose well obviously where of your time and that and um being late over there it's, um but i suppose a couple more things i was asking around like are you planning to actually partner up with like any of the the current c64 sort of publishing people to, to make a physical release of glens here or is this just going to be an in like just a freeware release I think we are going to go physical with it, yeah. To um, publish it, um, at least on the disc and cassette at the moment, and I have got somebody interested in doing the, the cartridge version of that. Um, but, you know, that that's not firm at the moment. It may happen. Right. Um, Fair enough. Planning cool. on uh, you know, various uh, releases as well, you know, the something like a little badge set sticker set that kind of thing mm-hmm. um for like a release um 
you know so yeah pretty much yeah it'll be available digitally as well but you know we are uh, obviously looking towards a, a physical it's just nice you know you put a lot of work in it it's, it's nice to have something to not a nice physical object yourself so mm. yeah. and yeah no the i've got a few a few of the physical releases of things like the bear essentials and barnsley badger and stuff that have come out on you know actual retail retail packaging it's fantastic some of these guys yeah, are still Blue doing Essentials that. is an especially nice package, you know. Yeah, he's done a real good job with that. Yeah, Graham, does, we've covered that off on a couple of other episodes. I actually had a comp, comp to win a prize that Pond were really good to give us a copy a while back. So it was sort of... Nice. Yeah, I'm a very big fan of that game. Yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> mm. But Tom, awesome, Joe. Look, come. Any, anything else in closing? I mean, where where can people find you or keep track of the project if they want to? Sure, yeah. Check it's, it out? Uh, we've got a development thread on on Lemon sixty four. If you just Google Lemon sixty four Galencia, that'll take you straight to it. Um, we've got a downloadable beta, which is uh, a few weeks old now. Uh, I'm cautious about releasing another beta, to be honest with you. I don't want to shop before the final game. You know, you can have a good play again. Uh, is, is there enough cracked versions of it out there at the moment, right? Well, don't think about that, please. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that I, one I, I'm going to leave well alone. Yeah, um, I've, I've got my own issues. If you read through the thread, you'll be well aware of them. <laughs> yes, no, very, uh, so, so very across very, that. Very, uh, very irresponsible journalism by uh, a quite well-renowned uh, site on there, which I had a beef with. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not, not helpful that. Yeah, you know, no, it's, it's absolutely counterproductive, really. You know, if you if you're trying to gain some feedback for a beta release, and you know it's being promoted as a crack version, and yeah, but look, you yeah. come back to, but it comes back to, like you said, the community's small enough as it is, and it's yeah, you know, the sort of thing where everyone needs to be working together and supporting each other. That's what I've tried to. That's the kind of attitude I've tried to go into the, you know, the thread with and everything, trying to be yep. as helpful and as accommodating as possible for everybody. Really, you know, as best I can. Oh, fantastic! So, and do you do you aren't you on Twitter or anywhere else that people can find um, you? Or not very. I, I am, but not very active, to be honest with you. Pro- probably the development thread or the, you know, the YouTube channel, which is linked multiple times from within that thread. That's yep. probably the. Uh, the best place, you know, is a, a launch point and the, the fire away. Let me know what you guys think of it. Oh, look, absolutely. Already, I know I already, already have, haven't been more than happy to, uh, to share. And you've been pretty responsive, actually. The, like the, when the, the differences between like the 1084 and the CR, you know, using just a normal TV for it. Even sure. that was, that was fascinating to sort of look and just go, well, hang on, why, why is this drawing it differently? So I said it's it's been while the programming part of it goes so far over my head it's not funny it's um yeah it is good to sort of watch and actually see see those changes we go through so awesome nice to hear it is look I we are definitely definitely one will be eager to keep following it I'll make sure you will get some links to the thread and some other stuff up in the um, the show notes guys appreciate it do appreciate your time and um and all the best thanks for having me thanks very much cheers guys. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, it's been a, it's it been a nice wonderful talk to you. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Cheers. Mm-hmm.